a soldier of the cross of Jesus. Christ is enough. Christ is enough. You have to know the principle behind John 3.16. That's the word. Christ is enough. Christ is the enough. Is, when you read the Bible, when you understand how beautiful the presence of God is, you can't take it for granted. The Bible says that you must eat of this word daily. It's only the precious blood of Jesus Christ that has power. Christ is enough. Christ it's only the precious enough. blood of Jesus Christ that has power. Hello, this is Pastor Caleb Sukul. Thank you for tuning in into Calvary with Caleb Sukul. Please prepare your hearts as we listen to this week's sermon. Hello everyone and greetings to you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. I hope everyone is doing well and safe during this time. Uh, we are not through the woods as yet. This pandemic is still a very real thing and I sincerely hope that you and your family are taking all precautions necessary. And remember, together we all can resolve this issue. We can come through this. Everybody's going through it and together we can come through this pandemic. So today I have with me Pastor Trevor Thomas. Pastor, hello to you. Hello and hello to everyone there. <laughs> Good to have you back. Uh, I'm sure, uh, as most people know, listening to this, that we just came out and we did a podcast on Ascension Day and we touched a little bit on Pentecost. And I thought this is a great opportunity for us to have a podcast or an episode exclusive just to Pentecost. Good idea. You know, so I thought today, let's do that. Let's talk about Pentecost. Let's discuss Pentecost. Let's go in deeper than, you know, where we've been recently and just not just say it that the Holy Spirit was given, you know, because I think that's very superficial to say the Holy Spirit was given to the church. Yes. I think there's more behind this than just a simple saying the Holy Spirit was given to the church. Indeed. So, my objective today in doing this episode with you is really to scratch beneath the surface, to take the wood from the trees. Well, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Read for me Acts 2 verses 1 and 2. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. Okay, the Bible says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Verse 2, Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Very powerful scripture indeed, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, the last time we spoke, it was the ascension of our Lord. Yes. And and by that we we meant the exaltation of Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we went at length to speak about the significance of the exaltation of Christ. But today, we are going to speak about Pentecost and we need to know that both Pentecost and Ascension are very much connected. Amen. Amen. I think people don't see that. Yes. So they we, go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. And from the earthly perspective we saw the humiliation of Jesus from his incarnation to the crucifixion. Yeah. 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 We saw that. Yeah. But from the heavenly perspective, from God's perspective, it was the glory of the crucifixion. Mm. You see, that is the difference. Now, the glory of the crucifixion because of one component, the atonement. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, now, today yeah. we're going to 
take it levels higher. Right, right. And uh, since God moves from glory to glory, yeah. we saw the resurrection of the glory as radiance. Yes. Like the light of day. Amen. You know? And then we saw the glory of the ascension. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was taken up. Yeah, yeah. Let's stop right there. Sure. You know? We will be taken up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were meant to be taken up. Yes. You see? And uh, we were meant not only to die with Christ, we were meant to be raised with Christ. Amen, amen. We were meant to ascend with Christ. Yes. And we will be taken up with Christ. Amen. Get that as a springboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've got root thoughts here about many things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? And so what is that precursor to being finally taken up? Because the Lord, we're going to be glorified like the Lord. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for right. sure. So what is that? That precursor is Pentecost. Mm, amen. Pentecost is that precursor. But before we get all too fired up, into one direction, Pentecost must be given a Christocentric emphasis or what we know as a Christ-centered emphasis. Amen. I'm, ex- I'm excited you've put it in that way. You've yes. worded it yes. like that. Yes. Because sometimes we get caught up in the emotion of it. That's and, it. And in the, the mighty wind, the violent wind, yes. all the peripherals, that we lose sight of what's really happening. We, we lose sight to what is central to Pentecost. Yeah, yeah. You know. So I introduce a word which is Plenty cost. <laughs> Plenty cost. Yeah. And you will see why in a minute, but I won't go there now. Mm-hmm. But before we go there, noteworthy theologians speak about the covenant of redemption. Okay. A pact made by the triune God, mm-hmm. the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Before the foundations of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see. And this has to do with the plan of salvation. That Jesus would be sent to the earth. Mm. In the scriptures we read of why Christ himself spoke highly of his ascension. He was to be seated at the right-hand side of God. Amen. He was to be seated at the right-hand side of the Father. Yeah. And this is the reward. Now, I want you to catch that word. Reward. Mm -hmm. It's the reward for a work well accomplished on earth. Sure. So him sitting or being seated next to the Father that's his reward. The reward that he's accomplished actually on earth through the cross. When he said it is finished. It is finished. Because the atonement was the greatest thing that was ever done. That's true. We can't have anything else without the atonement. Yes. And that happened at the cross. Yeah. yeah. So so now he is seated. He is rewarded. Sure. Now let's look at what that reward is. Right. Right. Because we've got to get further now to see what that reward is. But how is Pentecost now connected to Christ that we have settled this matter so far. Mm-hmm. Well, how is it connected 
to Christ's ascension, especially because he's exalted. Now. Yeah, he's yeah, seated yeah. at the right hand of mm-hmm. God. That's the point I'm making. How is it? How is it related to that? How is it connected to that? Well, Christ in his exalted, ascended position will be moving the mission he gave at the Great Commission. <laughs> that is the engine that he's going to move. On the button. Yeah, because Christ now is in his exalted position. Yeah, yeah. You see? Yeah. And I want you to picture, or, the, or you people out there, to picture two sets of people at Pentecost. Keep this in your mind. The Jews and the Gentiles. You're right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Gentiles make up the rest of the world. Yes. Yes. Right. Picture what Christ has done and what Christ is yet to do. It's very important. Okay. Okay. What Christ has done at the cross. Right. Right. And what Christ is yet to do. Sure. Sure. Right. He atoned for the world. Right. Right. He will further accomplish that from heaven. In his exalted position. Sure. Now, now, now you have to explain that. That means Christ is not some historical figure that now it's the end of Christ. And, right. we, and we are doing everything ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ is moving the engine. Christ is moving everything. Christ is the mediator. In him we live. Christ is the, Christ is the apostle. Christ is the prophet. Christ is the eternal son of God. Sure. And Pentecost is the springboard. To bring all the nations to his kingdom, Christ's kingdom. Sure. Now you see, where does it leave us and our kingdoms? Nowhere. Nowhere. We're not. But we will still build our rotten kingdoms. Myopic. That's why. It's myopic because it's me, myself, and I. Eccentric. Yes. So what is the result of Christ's kingdom? Let's look at Christ's kingdom. What's what are the results? A greater number as signified by the 3,000 converts in Peter's sermon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that sermon comes immediately after Pentecost. After Pentecost, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. After the experience. Yes, yes. The sermon is preached. Right. And and the result of it is what? 3,000 converts. Just like that, yeah. And Jesus promised that we will do greater things than him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not in quality, but in quantity. Yes, yes, Because the 3,000 actually... He promised, mm-hmm. but he's doing it through Peter. Yes, yes, yes. He's yes. doing it through Peter. Now, the, the, now, this account is followed by the experience of Pentecost. So, so Pentecost now is a very crucial phenomenon that has happened. You see? I mean, it changed Peter's life. Yes, yes. It revolutionized him. Yes. You know, from right. being obscure and saying, I'm not worthy. And yes. Christ had to restore him. Yes. Now he's got this experience and he's bold. He's bold. And we call him Peter the Bold. That's right. More so because of what happened on that day. Fantastic. Brilliant. But that in itself is a precursor of how many more would be coming into the kingdom of God. At Pentecost, you got 3,000. Yeah. Look at the world today. Right. Look at the followers of Jesus. Who is moving the agent? Jesus. Mm. You see how important this is? Yeah, yeah. Now do you see why I introduced the word plenty cost? (laughs) (laughs) Plenty more will continue to come into the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. But at what price? At what cost? Mm. 
You see, that's why I said plenty cost. Right, right, what right. What cost? If Jesus paid the cost of the atonement, sure, we follow in his footsteps mm, mm, and mm. move with him to bring people into the kingdom. Sure. Where is the compassion of Christ for people that are dying? Amen. People that need to come to know Jesus Amen. as Lord and Savior. His reward becomes our reward. Mm, mm, sure. You see how powerful this is? And this is not any works on our part. Yeah, Get that out yeah, of the way. Yeah, 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 this is not yeah. any works on our part. It is gratitude to share with him, or rather to share him with others. Gratitude. Wow. What Christ has done for me. Pentecost fire is in me yeah, to yeah. share this thing here. To talk about Christ. To talk about Christ. In any case, none of us can convert people and we see that in Pentecost. Yeah, yeah. We can't convert anyone. No, 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 no. Jesus is the baptizer. Yes. Through the Holy Spirit. And that is a very important concept. And John the Baptist said that as, as he baptizes with water, there is one greater than I. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. He will baptize you with fire. Yeah. And Holy Spirit. Identified him right there yes. at the Jordan. He identified him right there at the Jordan at the initial stages of Jesus's ministry. Yeah, you're right. At the yes. concept, at the initial stage, you're right. Yes, at the very inception. Spoke about what will happen at the end. That's right. You know, and so that promise has come to pass. Amen. You see, and so fire accompanies Pentecost. Fire. Many branches of Christianity have put emphasis on the Holy Spirit to the extent of leaving out the Father and Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. That's been my meditation for the past, I think, two or three weeks. Yes. And that's a good meditation to to come back to the Bible, to come back to the Word, to, the word of God, you know. And that is how heresy begins. Yeah, yeah. When you take one... Aspect, component yeah. or one aspect yeah. out yeah of the triune god yes and, and especially of the triune god and we have a major problem so let's look at one component the component of fire that is fabricated in today's church by tricks <laughs> that component let's look at that component. go for it go for it but take what the word pentecost means let's go to that yeah yeah what tell the, us what, what what the word Pentecost means. Tell us, tell us. Let's what is Pentecost? Right. It means first fruits. Yes. Which obviously mean it is anticipating something greater and fuller to still happen. Sure. I mean, think of it. A first fruit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A first fruit is, is seen. Yeah, yeah. There's much more to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So what is the point of relevance for our time? Because we need to be relevant. Not for sure. Yeah. So what is the point of relevance? Well, you see, our fire in churchianity, that's what I call the practice of Christianity and religion. Our fire of churchianity has become inward. This is our problem. Mm. It's become inward. And so we lost the idea of the scriptures. We lost the idea of the interpretation of the scriptures. But the fire here that we see, and the, and you read the text uh, just now for us, 
the fire we see here at Pentecost is meant to go outward. Sure. Not inward. Mm, mm, mm. It's outward. I mean, you've got an inward uh, interaction. No, for sure. But it doesn't stay there. Yeah. And the fire was seen under. Yes. That's it. Right. So now you are drenched with this fire, but it's a public thing. Yeah. But it's an outward... It's meant to be an outward expression. Why? Outward to keep to Jesus's mission statement to reach the nations because only Israel now yeah. has been given because he said, I've come to the Jews first. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah, the yeah. work with the Gentiles has yeah. not even taken full bloom. Yes. But now at Pentecost, we're going to see that action. So it's going to be outward, and we're going to see it right now. We're going to uh, so this for a few minutes. We're going to talk about these things, and it started by what Scripture calls divided tongues of fire. Yeah, yeah. divided yeah. tongues of yeah. fire. Yeah. Now, why divided? Well, why divided is because it rested on each person. Yeah. <laughs> so if you look at the persons. In a picturesque way, yeah, each yeah. person has yeah. this fire on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or her. Right? For what? For the purpose of becoming a collective fire to make a difference. Wow. The problem we have today is a myopic vision of the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of God. We we don't have this collective. Ah, ah, ah. You hit the nail on the head. Yes. We don't have this collective. Because you want to show my ministry how powerful it is. Yes. Instead of the ministry yes. of Jesus Christ. Yes. But what gives this symbol of fire weight? That's the question we need to ask. What gives it weight? It symbolizes the presence of God. Amen. And when you really have the fire of God, the presence of God, you will not be inward. Yes. You will take it outward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's yeah, a test. Yeah, yeah. And many fail that test. Yeah. So yeah. we have fabricated fire. Mm. So we think we got the fire of the Lord. Just emotionalism. Emotionalism, you know. And what else symbolizes the presence of God? In our text, mm -hmm. wind. Yes. The yeah. Hebrew word for wind is ruach. Yeah. Ruach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Greek word is pneuma. Yeah, yeah. Now talk to us more about that. Yeah, you see... We're going to, as we speak today, we're going to highlight that there. Now, what else do we know about wind? Right. About the wind that we are speaking about here. Let's get into that because we need to know these things. You know, Jesus had a thought in his mind. Not just a, a guess, but a very important plan. The plan of saving the world, making a people for himself. Yeah, yeah. So the seeds of the gospel were planted in Jerusalem because the Lord came there and died in Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? So those seeds, those seeds need to spread. And the only way you need as a farmer for your seed, seeds to spread <laughs> is you want the wind to spread them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people are taking this wind and they're making wind in the church. <laughs> they're making wind in the church. They got machines to make the wind. They got the music to make the wind. They got 
frotting in the mouth to make the wind. Yeah, yeah. They are jumping. They got tricks to make the wind. They yeah. hitting the walls to make the wind. Mm-hmm. But the wind here mm-hmm. is a spreading of the gospel. Sure. And so the wind had to spread the gospel to the utmost parts of the earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. But we're going to go more into this here. You see about this wind. You see, I just, you know, to, before we go further, yes. I'm just just yes. thinking out loud. Yes. When we don't understand the crux of the scripture. Yes. The ethos of the scripture. Yes. Then we put on a show for what we lack. That's it. We put on a show for what we lack. You know. To compensate. Yes. Yes. And it's a ego, it's a bruised ego. Yes. And only eccentric people do things like that. That's Because it. if you're truly Christocentric, you'll go to him and say teach me. Teach me. And when you know these truths, you would start implementing them in your life. Yes. Yeah. How can you keep silent? But we also have another description about the specific wind from the scripture. The scripture says that we have a rushing mighty wind. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to speak on that. Right, right. You see? It is a wind of God. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's a wind of yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus wants his gospel even today to to still spread. But now we find that the gospel has spread as a result of Pentecost. And something else that is very important here is what Jesus said. And we can't get this uh until we 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 read the scriptures carefully. He told them that they must go and wait for him. in Jerusalem. Mm, yeah. In a specific place. Yeah, yeah. Wait in the upper room. And to wait means to be in prayer. Right, right, Because right. waiting. Yeah. The old uh, Puritans, I think, and even some of the classic Pentecostals have this word tarrying. Yes. They they, they tarried. Right, right. And they waited. Yeah, yeah. And and the key there is praying. Yeah, yeah. you know so they were so by the time we come to that part when they were together in one accord yeah yeah the one accord was was with was with respect to being in prayer yes prayer brings you together yes yes and yes and you are unified now in x14 which is important they they had to wait because i'm taking a thought we had about the trinity mm-hmm. and we think it's only about the holy spirit but in x14 they had to wait for the promise of the father that's what it says there right the promise of the father so the father sent the son and the son, son sent, sent the, the spirit right 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 so we got a so we've got this the father plans the son yeah achieves and yeah. The, and and the spirit applies yeah 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 you see what a powerful gospel we have yes. already now we we understand what's going on but let's get back to the fire idea Okay. Let's get okay. back to the fire okay. idea because we want to interweave these things. Yeah. Yeah. Know? While the fire was positive for those who heard their own languages being spoken. Yeah. Yeah. Mind you. Mhm. It was a negative fire for the Jews who hated Jesus. And that's where I want you to read Isaiah now 28 11 and 12. Isaiah. Yes, I want you to read that because there we are going to find something about tongues. Okay. Isaiah 28, 11 and 12. 11 and 12. Okay. Yes. The Bible says, 
Very well then, with foreign lips and strange tongues, God will speak to this people. 12. To whom he said, This is the resting place, let the weary rest, and this is the place of repose. But they, sh they would not listen. You see how powerful that is? The foreign people there yeah. are the Gentiles that are given foreign tongues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they and they are speaking and they are hearing it in their own languages and mm. they are amazed. They are they are perplexed and they are shocked and yeah. they, they they are they're awestruck yeah. by yeah. what they are hearing. Yeah. But there's something happening which is prophetic, a prophecy fulfilled in Isaiah twenty eight. Yeah. Is that the Jews rejected it. Mm. They couldn't mm. see mm. it. Mm. Now mm. what's the point being made? Sure. There are people in the very church of God yeah. that, that have missed Pentecost and they don't understand Pentecost and they will miss the true mm. essence mm. of Pentecost. They don't know what it is. Sure. They can't understand what it is. Mm. Mm. There are a lot of hypes, yeah. but they don't understand the essence, you see. So we have a problem. And, and, and when the fire, the true fire comes, the people in the very church of God are up in arms. They, yes. they, they are they are fighting it. This is weird. This is strange. I've never seen this. I don't know what yes, this is. Yeah. yeah, they are fighting this. And so having that thought in mind, let's get back to the idea of the wind. Right, right. Because you see, I'm trying to interweave these things yeah, together. The yeah. wind is also the breath of God. The rock. Yes, the breath of God. Right? So what does that remind you of? The breath of God. It's uh, Garden of Eden. That's Adam. Yes, the breath of God. And also, what, what, what else does it remind us of? Ezekiel 37. Yeah. The breath of God yeah, came yeah. in the value of dry right. bones. Yes, yes, Ezekiel's yes, vision, yes. remember? Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and the he there's a Hebrew word, another word, which is kahya or kaya. And that word speaks of a living thing. Yes. A living thing. Now, a new living message at Pentecost, the message of Jesus is about to change the world. Mm. A new message is to change the world. Imagine that. Sure. He's saying to them, what was done in the Old Testament? I'm recreating. Wow. So, so what about Genesis 1-2? When the waters were gathered together. Yeah, yeah. So what about our text said, when they came and gathered together? Right, right. What happened when the waters were gathered together? What does Genesis 1-2 say? The Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters. Yeah, yeah. What is hovering over the people when they gather together on the day of Pentecost? Mm, the Spirit mm, of the mm, Lord. Mm, mm, mm. The Father, the Son, and the, Holy Spirit. and the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters. And that is the idea at Pentecost. And they were gathered together of one accord. And in creation, as in creation, his spirit was there. So in recreation, his spirit is present. Sure. God is making a new people. Adam was yeah. made and, yeah. and, and he fell. Yeah, yeah. Right? Christ now is making a new people because Christ is raised mm, mm, mm. in the ascension, in the sure. exalted position. Yeah. And he's yeah. making a new people. And the new people are Jews and Gentiles. You see how powerful this is? Sure. And let's get back to the idea of the word divided. 
right, right, divided right, tongues right. on each person. Up until this point, the presence of God was located only in the temple. Up until Pentecost. Until yeah, up until this time. Right, right, right. Only in the temple. In the temple, right. Or we can right. say up until even the cross. Until the cross. Yes, yes, right, yes. right, right. Now the reality is that's why I said go and wait. Is that it is to be divided to every single believer. Powerful. Sure. Not just the apostles. Sure. Not just the pastors. Yeah. Not yeah. just the evangelists. Yeah. Yeah. Not just the prophets. Yeah. Yeah. Not just the teachers. Yeah. Yeah. But to every single believer in the household of faith. To worldwide. the church. To the church. To the church. I am building my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Sure. Look at where he's reigning from. Heaven. From. Yeah. 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 Every single one of us is the temple. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Because, yes, because, yes, they, yeah, because yeah. they met. Yeah. They met at the colonnade of the temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They met at the temple. Yeah. And imagine how that sounded to the Jews when they watched all this. Mm, mm, and mm, when we mm. come together, we see a picture of the corporate temple. Mm, mm, but mm. when we are not together, we are also regarded as a corporate temple. That's true. That's true. And let's get to the idea of tongues. Right, right, right. We spoke about it, but let's get to the idea of it. God is breaking barriers. Tower of Babel. The tongues, yes. The tongues were confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. barrier was made. Yeah, yeah. Because of their sins. Right, right. They wanted to become like God. No, for sure. Yeah. Right. What was the barrier line up until this point? What was the barrier line? The barrier line was there was a great separation between the Jews and the Gentiles. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 and Christ has broken the wall of partition <laughs> Christ has broken because it's a barrier line yeah yeah you yeah. have to break that barrier. yeah yeah break yeah, the barrier yeah yeah and people don't like Christ breaking barriers mm. Christ broke that barrier line where did he break it at the cross I'd like you to read for me Psalm 2.8 because that's a very important scripture for us to, uh, you know, come to a nice ending. All right. The Bible says, Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possessions. Right. So what was the inheritance or the reward for Jesus? The nations. The nations. I will make the nations your inheritance. Sure. So why is Christ moving the engine of the ascension? Why is Christ moving the engine of Pentecost? He is making a people. He is producing a people. He is creating a bride sure. from all the nations of the world. You know what the church is doing today? They are inward in the church. But God is still making a people. Yeah. There are many sinners that must come to the gospel. Mm. Many mm. people must come and bow to Christ. Yeah. If I am lifted up, I yeah. will draw all men unto me. That talks about the cross and his ascension. That's it. You see? And how many people are lost and they need to come to the Lord. Yeah. And look at the uh, dimension that we see at Pentecost of what of what 
the inheritance of the nations. This is heavy because you talk, you talk about the application now of yes. Pentecost. Yes. How far are we from that, from typical Pentecost, yes. uh, to the understanding of what Christ is doing? Yes, but you see what we're doing in church. We are making spiritual warfare and we are fighting in the church in prayer. Yeah. But here, Jesus fought at the cross to get the nations. He had to fight the devil to get the nations. Yeah. yeah. To get the inheritance and, and, and he won. Yes. You see, but but today we we are we are not fighting the good fight. I don't think people even understand that. They don't even understand that. True. He had to fight to get it. And the cross was the battleground. Yeah, yeah. And he was conqueror at the end. Amen. Now there's something that's very important that we miss. Israel's eyes were blind on Pentecost. Look at the opposition. They opposed them because they were blind. And so they rejected Christ. They rejected him before Pentecost. Yeah, yeah. They rejected him at the cross. They mm. rejected him all his life. Throughout his ministry. Yes. Yeah. But the Gentiles' eyes got opened and they accepted Christ. Because you see all those people, the Phrygians. Yeah, yeah. The Arabians. Yeah, yeah. All the different peoples that are, that are coming and they are, they are the first Christians on the day of Pentecost. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which is, mind you, on a Sunday, first day of the week. Mm, 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 mm. Let's end with a warning. When King Saul couldn't fight Goliath, why was that the case? Well, he led the people into forgetting God's covenant. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that means that for a long time the people were in apostasy. And one of the ways of apostasy for our generation, for them it was the covenant, for us it's the word of God. Yeah, people don't yeah. know the word of God anymore. Mm, mm, mm. And that's the reason why they don't understand how the pieces can fit together. Yeah. They don't understand evangelism. They yeah. don't understand yeah. many, many things. You can only read the Bible for yourself. I can do it for myself. Yes. And if you don't know the word, if I don't know the word, some heretic is going to say A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and you're going to believe yes. him. Definitely. Because you yourself don't know the word. Yes. And how do we know in the life, using that as a, as, a, as a narrative example, in the life of David and in the life of Israel especially, that they were apostate, was because Saul was a giant of a man and he was like Goliath in some way. But he was scared of Goliath. Sure. And yet he knew the might of God. He knew the power of God. Sure. And they just lost it. They yeah. just like like today we have no fire in the church. Yeah, yeah. You know, we skew up fire. Sure. Uh, our own strange fire, but yeah, not yeah. the fire of the Lord, because we don't depend on the Lord His way. Mm, mm, and mm. David comes, this guy that's a small guy, and uh, he knew about another way of bat another way of warfare. I mean he fought the lion, he fought the bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the issue of him being a man that could see was the issue of him not forgetting 
the covenant name of God and the covenant of God's armies. And let's see what he says when he confronts Goliath. Yes, he yes, says, yes, yes. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine That's it. that he should defy the armies of the living God? Mm, 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 For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy what? The armies of the living God. By that time, if you can read your Bible, the word covenant and all that story about God and his covenant have been forgotten. David is the only one that rescued that concept back into the Sure. And in this statement, he has sure. made sure that he used that covenant principle. Mm, that if mm, God has mm, an army mm. and if God is so powerful, I believe him. The word was his victory. That's it. The word was his victory. And by this time, we have to understand in our time that if we want to get back to the fire of the Lord, if we want to get back to understanding the times and discerning the times and keeping with our God, we must understand the true picture of Pentecost. Mm, and to amen. understand Pentecost, you have to understand the ascension. Yeah. And to understand the ascension, you've got to understand the resurrection. And to understand the resurrection, you've got to understand the crucifixion. Mm. And to understand the crucifixion, you've got to understand the incarnation. Powerful. We don't have an old covenant. <laughs> if David in the old covenant could be so powerful, we have a new covenant. Preach it, Pastor. In the blood of Jesus. <laughs> and why is there no Pentecostal fire? Tell us. We have a new covenant. David restored covenant thinking. Let us not forget the new covenant in Christ. Mm. But watch. Something or someone rushed upon David. And what does verse 1 and 2 say in our main text we read today? It was a rushing, sure. mighty wind. Sure. Something rushed upon David. And it never rushed upon David on just that day when Goliath had to be killed and no. his head had to be bust. No, no, no. In 1 Samuel 16, that David and Goliath story about that whole uh, hitting of the head is in 1 Samuel 17, but we forget 1 Samuel 16, 13, when David was anointed. And it was there that the rushing mighty wind yeah. of the Lord came upon him. Yeah. And when the wind of the Lord comes upon you, mm -hmm. you can see. <laughs> you can see. And so it was there that he saw. And by the time, in the next chapter, when we read in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, he was made to see Goliath differently. Mm, 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 because mm, mm. he was able to see in Bethlehem, the house of bread. Yeah. See, the problem with us today, we don't have the house of bread. We, we don't have the word of God. <sighs> he didn't see anywhere else. He <sighs> saw <sighs> in Bethlehem. He saw in the house of bread. And when he saw... It was in the house of bread that he learned to see differently. Mm. The problem with the church today 
is we don't want to be different for Christ. Yeah. We want to be the same like everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seek he was able to see differently. He was given sight to see as the Lord sees. In Bethlehem is as the Lord sees. The, the, the Lord told Samuel, go and anoint like the way I see. Anoint after my heart, not yeah. after the heart of the people. Yeah, yeah. Anoint yeah. after what I see. And that fire caught hold on David. Sure. And I end today by saying, may we revisit Pentecost to begin to see as the Lord sees from heaven mm, mm, in mm, his exalted mm. position. What do you think of that? Sure. You know, you talk, you're talking about Pentecost and you're talking about David. And I think if you want to really touch this thing, put, a, put, a, put the cherry on the top and end with David's statement. Yes. Psalm 51. Take not your Holy Spirit away Take from not me. your Holy Spirit. I taught that this week in the uh, Westminster Catechism. We were, we were dealing with a question there. And it was riveting because we were speaking about the assurance of peace. Yeah. The assurance, you know, there are... Uh, the, the 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 expressions that come out of sanctification, expressions that yeah. come out of justification, yeah, yeah, yeah. the expressions that come out of adoption, yeah, yeah. and the expressions that come out from that are, is the assurance, the assurance of peace, mm. the assurance of love, the assurance of joy. And that's what David says. He's not saying take away, he says, you know, my salvation, because your salvation cannot be taken away. But he says, Lord, restore to me not restore salvation, I have it. Restore, I miss the joy. Yeah. Today yeah. what's missing in the church is the joy of salvation. Where is your joy, church? To be happy to be a Christian. Yeah, where is that joy? The I was joy glad that, when they said to me, come to the house of the it. Lord. That's it. You know. So, wow, this has been really phenomenal and you've shed some really amazing truth about how Christ is still working he has worked and is still working. And in as much as Christ has done his part, I think it's pertinent that we have to do our part as well. Yes. And, you know, um, it's not just going to happen. And that thinking must stop. Yes. That it's just somehow going to happen. Yes. We all have to set our hands to the plow. Yes. We have to make it happen. Yes. You know, we are the hands and the feet. Yes. We have to be good soldiers of the cross. Yes. And uh, it's our heartbeat must be for him. A very good thought that came to me now, just now, is that that if David could see all that through the Spirit, Jesus, the greater David, exalted in the heavens, have carved the way for us and went before us. And let us be Christocentric. Let us be Christ-centered. Yeah. And let us feel that Pentecostal fervor. Mm. I mean, there are people out there that need the gospel. Yeah, yeah. And if we stick to the gospel, the coming of the Lord is soon. Mm, we will mm. be held accountable. Mm, 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 mm. You know? Sure, this is powerful stuff. Absolutely phenomenal. Pastor, I just want to say thank you again great. Uh, for sharing with us what the Lord has placed in your heart it's always a pleasure to have you on and I want to ask you to close for us in prayer. Okay. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you especially for its power, its wonder-working power. Lord, we pray that we would be 
the vessels that are open to you. Yes, Lord. Where your fire can can come forth, can actually come in a special way in our hearts, that you will be lit up, where the fire exudes that that fire to propel the gospel and also enlighten us so we have the light of the word. Yes. Our minds are enlightened so we can preach the word. I pray, Lord, for many people that are living in darkness, even in the church. I pray for many pastors that have lost the light and they've lost the fire. Mm. I pray, Lord, that you bring them back. I pray for those that have the fire that they will be compassionate to teach others and to help others to grow. Your kingdom is a kingdom of growth. We don't want to be found wanting, Lord. We need you. Forgive us of our sins, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to this week's podcast, Calvary with Caleb Suku. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, please be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications. You're welcome to rate, review, or comment below. Until next week, let Christ be seated in our hearts. God bless you.